Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. Uh, okay, y'all, we're uh, continuing our series, Cold Turkey, classic White's Chapel series. We love some wordplay here. Um, but each week of this series, uh, we're talking about some of the things that we need to quit. Uh, because the holiday season is here, which means that for many of us, there are hectic days ahead. There are events to plan, and there are things to buy, and there are people to reach out to, and there are schedules that we have to coordinate. And the truth is, in a season when we're supposed to be thankful and jolly, uh, a lot of times the busyness of this time of year leaves us anything but those things. And so with that in mind, we wanted to be sure to talk about ways that we walk through these days well. We wanted to spend some time considering uh, if we're starting the right things, but more specifically, if we're stopping the right things. And so last week we talked about our need to quit complaining cold turkey. We saw the Israelites, and they get to the edge of the Red Sea, and what do they do? They complain. And then God goes and works a miracle. Tonight, we're going to be looking at the story of Mary and Martha from the Gospel of Luke. It's a story you may be familiar with. Uh, If you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and pull those out. We're going to be in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Uh, This is what it says. It says, Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all of the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you're worried and distracted by many things. There's need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part which will not be taken away from her. Okay. This is the the fairly well-known story of Mary and Martha, two sisters who approach the same situation in very different ways. And that's what we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at the ways in which each sister approaches Jesus entering their home. So we're going to start with Martha. First, we've got Martha. Now, I want to start off by saying that I I think historically Martha has gotten kind of a bad rap. I'm going to be a little bit of a defender of Martha tonight. We sometimes beat her up for the way that she runs around the house, cleaning up, making sure that everything is good to go. But I want you to notice in the scripture that we just read, Jesus doesn't shame her. He simply says that her sister Mary has chosen better. See, Martha's way isn't necessarily bad. It's just okay. I think we ought to give Martha some slack. Because let's just imagine that we were in her shoes. I want you to genuinely imagine for me tonight that the literal son of God was going to be unexpectedly staying at your house tonight. Remember, she probably didn't know well in advance. It's not like Peter was texting her, giving her a heads up. So seriously, imagine Jesus is coming to your house. 
But not only that, he's decided to invite 12 of his closest friends. I don't know about you, but if I found out after this service that 13 people were crashing at my house, I'd be stressed. I would be running around the house like crazy. I'd be making sure there wasn't underwear on the floor, that the dishes were done, that the, that the counters were wiped down. I feel for Martha. She's up on her feet. She's making sure that the meal's getting prepared. She's making sure that everybody's comfortable. She's making sure that everything that needs handling is handled. And I think Jesus sees that. That's why, again, he doesn't shame her for being busy or for fretting, for running around the way that she does. Instead, what does he do? He just points out to her that in her busyness, she's missing out on something. He points out to her that, that her rushing around, her fretting has consequences. And you know what? The same is true for us. My last year of seminary, my There, all right, we're, oh, we're back. Don't fret. <laughs> See? It was an illustration the whole time. We may have to do that tomorrow, actually. Uh, okay. My last year of seminary, my schedule was crazy. I was living my life, frankly, in Martha mode 24-7. It was uh, my first year moving from our student ministry staff on to our pastoral staff. And so I was trying to figure out what it meant to be Pastor Sam. And I was finishing up classes at SMU. I was doing hundreds of, paper, uh, of pages of ordination paperwork. Uh, my wife and I had just moved. Well, I remember one Tuesday that was particularly busy. I had class all morning uh, in Dallas and I was teaching a Bible study that night at seven. And then after my Bible study, I had a late night meeting up here uh, at the church that was kind of uh, had to do with my ordination stuff. And then in between, I had several things that had piled up on my desk. And so the whole day, I was rushing around, I was fretting, I had my head down in work mode. Well, after this big meeting, I got caught up talking to some people, uh, which preachers do, you know, and I didn't end up leaving the church until about 10 p.m. that night. Um, and when I eventually got to my truck, I realized something. I realized that I had forgotten to eat that whole day. So like any good Texan, I rushed a Whataburger drive-thru, obviously. And I got a number five plain and dry with a big chocolate milkshake. And I got my food and I was driving home on roof snow uh, and I was simultaneously devouring my food. And all of a sudden I saw red and blue flashing lights behind me. It was a Keller police officer. And he pulled me over and he walked up to my window and the first thing he said to me was, sir, how much have you had to drink tonight? And immediately I said, sir, not a drop, nothing. Well, he asked me where I was coming from and I said, church. <laughs> and he nodded and he was like, 10 p.m., sure you are, buddy. Go ahead and step out of the vehicle for me. 
And so I did. And I get out and he starts performing all of these roadside tests on me. I had to put my finger on my nose and I had to walk in a straight line. I had to stand on one foot. And the whole time I'm thinking, oh no. (laughs) Here I am in the middle of Keller, Texas, suspected of DWI. And I'm sure there are White Chapel members driving by right now, (laughs) wondering if their new young pastor is about to become their former young pastor. (laughs) Well, anyway, of course I passed those tests with no problem. And I think after those tests, uh, the officer finally noticed my name tag that said Reverend. (laughs) And he laughed and he said, you really were coming from the church, (laughs) weren't you? And I said, yes, sir. And I explained to him that I had been working late and that I was eating while driving, which is not a good thing to do. And, and that would, might explain why I was going too fast or swerving a little bit. Uh, and he was super cool and he let me go without a ticket. But here was my big lesson that night. I needed to slow down. Not just in my truck, but in my life. See, I was in such a rush that entire day I was in such Martha mode that I forgot to eat. And because of that, I almost got arrested for driving while under the influence of milkshake. (laughs) My rushing, my fretting, my my busyness had consequences. Now look, I wanna be clear, and hopefully you feel this way too, but I wasn't some terrible person for fretting and rushing around the way that I did that day. And you know what, neither was Martha. Like I said, sometimes this story is preached in a way where we relegate her to being some bad guy. Like she's this bossy busybody. Don't be Martha. But you know what? She's not that at all. Her way is okay. Her heart is in the right place. But it is true that she's missing something. She's losing out on something. And the same is true for all of us fretters, all of us Marthas. It's not that we're committing some terrible sin when we rush around cleaning the house. It's just that Jesus says there's a better way. And that's Mary's way. Okay, so in our text, what happens? We see Martha, she gets frustrated as she's running around the house. And she she walks up to Jesus and she says, hey man, can you tell my sister to get up and actually do something to help me, please? She's just sitting there. Can you tell her to, 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 you know, help do something? Now, here's the thing about this story. To make matters even worse, uh, in this day and age, women were not supposed to sit at the feet of a rabbi ever. They weren't allowed to be disciples in the way that men were back then. And so part of this is Martha's trying to rectify that, to get Mary back to work, to get her back to doing what she thought she was supposed to be doing. But that's where Jesus steps in and he says, no. He says there's need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part. And I'm sorry, Martha, but I'm not taking that from her. And so we have to wonder, what's the better part? What's the one thing? Because we don't see Mary do much in our text. All we see her do is sit at the feet of Jesus. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's all we need to do sometimes. See, the better way that Jesus is referring to is the way of slowing down and just enjoying the moments of our lives. 
moments with friends and with family and, and with God, that's the better part. And frankly, you know what? For so many of us, that's also the harder part. I know that I struggle with being like Mary. Uh, in October of 2019, I went to visit my own sister, Rachel, uh, in Hawaii. She had been living there for a few years because my brother-in-law is an OBGYN with the army. And, uh, but they were gonna be moving in mid 2020. And so I wanted to see their island life and I wanted to, I wanted to trip to Hawaii that my parents would pay for, frankly. And <laughs> I wanted to see it before they moved. And so Hannah and I and my parents flew over and we had a great visit. And we happened to be there on a Sunday uh, if you're curious how Methodist pastors vacation and party, we find other little Methodist churches to go to and explore. Really exciting people. Uh, anyway, we decided to go to the local UMC for service. And the closest church to my sister's house was Keolumana United Methodist Church. Well, we looked online and we saw that the service was at 10 a.m. And so we made sure to arrive at 9.50, make sure that we get a seat. And so we roll in and we are very literally the only ones there besides the pastor. And so we introduced ourselves and we found a seat and 10 a.m. rolls around. Uh, and as you can see in this picture, uh, a couple more people walked in and found their seats. Um, but there was maybe six or seven of us in all. And worship began. Well, we just kind of shrugged and we thought, you know what? It's a really small church. They're having a low week. It happens. And so we sang a couple of hymns and the pastor got up and he gave some announcements and we sang a couple more hymns. And then about 30, 35 minutes in to the service, he began preaching. Well, during his sermon, more people started to come in. Five or 10 people came in around 1040, around 1050, another 15 or 20 walked in and this kept going. And as they would walk in, the pastor would stop his sermon entirely and greet them by name. Well, by the end of the service, probably 50 or 60 people had come in between 45 minutes to an hour late. Uh, and, and a sanctuary that initially had maybe six people in it now had 60. And I was floored by this. I thought, why in the world were all of these people so late to church? They had essentially missed the entire service. Why'd they even come? Like I, I've heard of island time, but this seemed extreme to me. And I was almost a little offended on the pastor's behalf. Well, the service comes to a close around 1130 and we get up to leave and uh, the pastor runs up to us and he stops us. And he invited us to stick around and eat with them. He said, church for us is just beginning. And I was so puzzled until I looked around and I realized that church really was just beginning for them. All of these people had brought food and they weren't leaving for a while. They were setting up. And they were having a big Hawaiian potluck. And I saw all of these families pulling out dishes they'd brought. And they were intermingling and hugging and laughing and patting each other on the back and checking on each other. And apparently they did this every Sunday. And I realized in that moment that they had chosen the better part. Here I was, so confused why would they would even come to church if they were going to miss the service until I saw for them that, that church wasn't just the service. Church for them was the community and the conversation that happened afterwards. It was the intimate moments of sitting at one another's feet, listening 
to each other, the way that Mary does with Jesus in our scripture. Just like Mary, they chose relationship over rushing. They chose friendship over fretting. They chose listening over lists. They chose the better way of Mary. See, Mary didn't want to miss the best thing, the main thing. And that's exactly why we need to quit fretting cold turkey. Because buzzing around and fretting like Martha can cause us to miss the sacred moments that Mary got to experience. You know, I read the scripture and and this thought always occurs to me. What do you think Jesus was talking to Mary about? Was he teaching her? Were they just talking about life? Were they just chatting? In the very next set of verses in chapter 11, Jesus teaches the disciple the Lord's prayer. What, was he sharing that with her? We don't know. But what we do know is that Mary did not want to miss a second of what was happening. And y'all, that's the better way. But there's actually one more way I want us to look at today. The best way. And of course, that's the way of Jesus. Jesus, in our scripture, he goes just one step further than Mary. Not only does he slow down and spend intentional time with those in front of him, he also invites Martha to do the same. And that's the best way. That is the one thing that Mary didn't do. Notice that Mary doesn't stop her sister and say, sis, hey, I'll help you with all of this later. But right now, we have a chance to spend time with Jesus one-on-one. Stop that. Come sit with us. This guy's awesome. But that is what Jesus does. I love the fact that in our scripture, Jesus says Martha's name twice. Martha, Martha. I feel like I can hear the, the sweet compassion in his voice, like he's gently shaking his head side to side and smiling at her. Martha, Martha, slow down. Martha, Martha, take a seat. Martha, Martha, come be with us. Jesus' way is the best way. And it's a way that we need to remember during this season. Because we're all going to have moments when we need someone to do that for us. When we need someone to say our name twice and invite us to just take a deep breath. We're gonna need someone to say, Denise, Denise, Paula, Paula, Hannah, Hannah, that can wait. Come sit with me, set that down, come enjoy the moment. Church, we need to encourage one another to stop our fretting cold turkey. We need to be willing to invite each other to stop and eat something so that we don't get pulled over on the side of the road in Keller. So that we'll stop judging and join the Hawaiian potluck. Let's do that for each other because Jesus did that for Martha. And you know what? I read this scripture and I believe that he's still doing it for all of us right now. He's still doing it for you. He is speaking to each one of us today, saying our names twice, urging us to choose the better part 
and to invite others to do the same. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you pray with me? Lord, we confess that we are a room full of fretters. Sometimes it is so easy for us to get locked into our checklists and all of the things that need to be done, and we lose sight of the main thing, the important things, the sacred moments that happen right in front of us. God, my prayer for everybody in this room, everybody watching online tonight, is that we would be more aware that when the good stuff is happening, when those sweet moments with family and friends and with Jesus are happening, Lord, help us to not miss them. Lord, help us to set down the rag or the broom or the car keys or the grocery bag. Help us to savor all of the amazing things that you have blessed us with. Because God, it's true, you have blessed us immensely. There are so many amazing things about this life. I pray that we would see them and that we would appreciate them and that we would stop worrying so much. We pray all of this in the name of our rock and our redeemer, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.